This is the Rocky Mountain Review for Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Dakota Babcock. And I'm Ivy Winfrey. And you're listening to KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, I'll be updating you on campus and local news. Then we'll be hearing from KCSU Assistant Sports Director Jonathan Gillum. Coda will be talking to Lauren Studley about the Cameron Peak wildfire, and then Coda will be will deliver some national news. Then Ivy will be talking with Dennis Hoska about the What's Up Donor Blood Drive. Then to t- conclude our show, Coda will be giving us some updates on COVID-19. Let's move right into campus and local news. Hello, my name is Ivy Winfrey, and this is your local and campus news. Starting with campus news, Colorado State University President Joyce McConnell sent CSU students, faculty, and staff an email Monday morning addressing the controversy surrounding Dr. Melina Abdullah, one of the 2020 Diversity Symposium keynote speakers. The controversy first sparked when academic advisor of CSU Hillel and member of the Presidential Task Force on Jewish Inclusion and Prevention of Antisemitism, Julia Rosenwald, sent an email to students which said and provided evidence that Abdullah supports and actively associates with Luis Farcon the leader of the organization known as the Nation of Islam. The Nation of Islam is designated by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. The SPLC decries Farrakhan as, quote, an anti-Semite who routinely accuses Jews of manipulating the U.S. government and controlling the levers of world power, end quote. Farrakhan has publicly espoused anti-Semitic and anti-LGBTQ plus viewpoints in the past, including describing Jewish people as leeches and termites in 2003 and 2018, respectively. The email provides multiple pieces of evidence to support the claim that Abdullah supports and actively associates with Farrakhan. In 2018, Abdullah shared a quote from Farrakhan on her Facebook page, and in 2019 publicly criticized Facebook and Instagram on her Twitter account for banning Farrakhan from their platforms, arguing, quote, he only loves black people and wants freedom and self-determination for us, end quote. Facebook and Instagram banned Farrakhan, Alex Jones, and multiple others from their platform for being what Facebook described as dangerous. Abdullah was also a guest speaker at a 2015 Nation of Islam rally also attended by Farrakhan and tweeted after the event that she was, quote, humbled, overwhelmed, and profoundly grateful to share a space with Farrakhan, end quote. Abdullah, who herself, has also shared and responded positively to anti-Semitic tweets on social media. In 2016, Abdullah shared a tweet made by Twitter user at Woman of Words, which read, quote, we must dismantle patriarchy, specifically Jewish patriarchy, offending Muslims and controlling our economy and campuses, end quote. In 2016, Abdullah also responded to a tweet directed at her, written by the Twitter user at Woman of Words, which reads, quote, I stand with Dr. Abdullah, more and more Jews invading campuses causing Islamophobia, racism, and intolerance, end quote, to which Abdullah tweeted in response, quote, at Woman of Words, thank you, sis, hashtag solidarity, end quote. As of this report, all of the previously mentioned social media posts are still up on Abdullah's Facebook and Twitter pages. The email said that the Presidential Task Force on Jewish Inclusion and Prevention of Antisemitism demanded that CSU either disinvite Abdullah from speaking or demand Abdullah issue a written and spoken statement denouncing her association with Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. Additionally, the email demanded CSU issue a statement explaining why they chose her as a speaker, that they did not check her background and did not know about her association to the Nation of Islam and Louis Farrakhan. 
and apologized to CSU students, specifically the Jewish and LGBTQ communities at CSU. In the email sent out by Joyce McConnell, she addressed the controversy, saying that while her office was not consulted when deciding who was invited to the symposium, that the office would be held responsible regardless. She continued, quote, In the last few days, I have learned that Dr. Abdullah is a well-regarded black studies scholar and also a founder of a local Black Lives Matter chapter in Los Angeles, known for activism and justice work. However, I have also learned that there are CSU community members who are strongly committed to the black community's needs and recognize Dr. Abdullah's expertise as an anti-racist scholar, but who are also troubled by views she has expressed on social media and her appearances at events held by the Nation of Islam because of the organization's well-documented history of extreme anti-Semitic and anti-LGBTQ plus views, end quote. McConnell condemned the racist, anti-Semitic, and anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric of the Nation of Islam and acknowledged the organization's classification as a hate group. McConnell also stated her support for the Jewish and LGBTQ plus communities, stating, quote, I will always stand up for our Jewish and LGBTQ plus communities to ensure they receive equal protections against hate, end quote. McConnell framed the controversy as a struggle between CSU, uh, CSU's black and Jewish communities, stating, quote, it is also disheartening to see the black and Jewish communities in this terrible position in which a context it seems sides should be taken, end quote. McConnell ended the email by stating, quote, as a university community, we must understand that sometimes our values can only be demonstrated under circumstances that challenge them. CSU can pr- protect First Amendment rights while at the same time use its own free speech to identify and condemn hate and bigotry when it appears, end quote. McConnell did not directly address any of the specific allegations or facts concerning Abdullah, including her association with Farrakhan, and the email did not directly mention Farrakhan by name. The email also did not directly address the email sent by Julia Rosenwald or any of the demands made therein. Abdullah's invitation was not rescinded, and she held her speech through Zoom on Monday. This morning, a statement was posted on CSU's Office of the Vice President for Diversity uh, webpage in which Abdullah denied the allegations. The full statement reads, quote, As a black Muslim woman who is an original member and core organizer with Black Lives Matter, radical white supremacist forces often target me, making both physical threats and engaging in discreditation and disinformation. Those who are committed to racial and social justice should consider what side they stand on and challenge sources of such nefarious attempts to derail black freedom struggle, and my work in particular. I am not going to be forced to justify my existence or answer obviously false allegations. That's their work. End quote. Moving on to local news, I'll now be doing a live reading of a statement by the Poudre Fire Authority Chief Tom DeMint addressing concerns that the Cameron Peak Fire may spread to Fort Collins. The statement reads as follows, a community message from Fire Chief Tom DeMint. We know that many of you are concerned about the Cameron Peak Fire possibly encroaching on the Fort Collins community as well as other Front Range communities. Please be assured that the Rocky Mountain Incident Management Team No. 1, fire officials from Larimer County Emergency Services, the Poudre Fire Authority, and countless others are working in a coordinated effort to prevent this from happening. After 60 days of a smoke cloud hanging over our community, it is understandable to feel concerned and wonder about the movement of the fire over the foothills. The fire is being driven by high winds, fuels of heavy timber that include dead and downed trees, and is in terrain that is impossible to access and conductive to fire spread. Over 1,100 people are working on this fire, although some rural parts of PFA's jurisdiction 
are under mandatory involuntary evacuations. It is highly unlikely that there will be evacuations in Fort Collins. The heavy timber forest in standing and down beetle-killed trees are not readily available from the fire's edge to cast spot fires into the city. The fire would have to cross Horsetooth Reservoir or go around it through mostly grasslands. This area provides a buffer where firefighting forces could directly attack the fire or create a solid fire line. This weekend, firefighters are focusing on the fire activity that is expected to be driven by high winds from an approaching cold front. The greatest fire activity is anticipated in areas of Storm Mountain, Glen Haven, and other portions of the Big Thompson drainage. The high winds make firefighting extremely difficult and beyond that, dangerous. Rest assured that our forces, along with fire departments from around the U.S., are on the line day day and night, monitoring the situation, building fire lines, protecting structures, and physically standing guard. They're working to keep everyone, and including themselves, safe. Please keep them in your hearts as they work in this difficult terrain in harsh conditions. The weather is a key player determining the actions of this fire and how we can respond to it. We're not at the end of this fight, but we are prepared and equipped for it. Hundreds of resources, over 1,100 people, are out there protecting Fort Collins and beyond. Thank you for all the encouragement and kind words as we work through this together. Please continue to follow the Cameron Peak Fire uh, Facebook page for fire updates and the Larimer County Sheriff's Office for evacuation information. And that is all the local and campus news we have time for today. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Thank you for listening. It's Jonathan Gillum with Sporting News. So the NHL season is over, but the next season has been announced. As of now, officially their target date is for for the next season is January 1st, 2021. So only a couple months away. The NBA season concluded here recently with the LA Lakers being crowned as the NBA World Champions. And their tentative start date is mid-January for next season as well. The MLB playoffs and the World Series Begins tonight at 6 p.m. with Tampa Bay Lightning playing against the L.A. Dodgers for the series title. Moving on to the NFL. The NFL has been dealing with a lot of COVID-19 issues this season. We're seeing positive tests and game rescheduling happening around the league. They're going with a better better safe than sorry approach. So be sure to watch your team's schedule. A positive test will most likely cause a team to reschedule. So keep that in mind when you're going to watch one of your games 
Your local Denver Broncos went to Foxborough and beat the New England Patriots. The loss drops the Patriots to 2-3, which means their NFL record streak of 225 consecutive games that have been played in October or later. So any games played after October, they had at least a 500 record dating all the way back to 2002. And interestingly enough, that loss in 2002 also came with the Denver Broncos, um, who also have the best record against the New England Patriots. Um, And now the Denver Broncos are 2-3 on the season, but face the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs this next weekend. Additionally, Mountain West football is back. It all began when the Mountain West Wire released an article saying back on September 21st that the Mountain West athletic director's We're going to be holding a meeting about resuming play. Well, that meeting happened, so the rest is kind of history, and CSU football is back officially, well, as of now. So, this Saturday, October 24th, against New Mexico, and it's game day coming up. And also, here on KCSU, we are hosting our pregame show, and that is also this Saturday, three hours before the game at 4 p.m. And we'll be joined by our special guest, which is going to be... Fort Collins City Mayor Wade Truxel. So again, pregame show at 4 p.m. And we also will be awarding three lucky listeners a prize from New Belgium. <clears throat> we'll be having a contest, and the lucky listener who gets the answer right, well, three of them are going to win a prize. And again, that's 4 p.m. this Saturday. Missing that deep dive into sports? Well, KCSU FM has articles, pre-recorded shows, podcasts, Lots of awesome sports content, and if that has interest to anyone, it can be found on our website at kcsufm.com. That is all I have for sports news. Thanks for listening. For KCSU Sports, I'm Jonathan Gillum, and I'll catch you next time. All right, now we are going to be joined by Laura Studley, who is the news director at the Rocky Mountain Collegian. How are you doing, Laura? Oh, I'm pretty nervous, but thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, so can you tell us where containment is currently at for the Mullen and Cameron Peak fires as of this afternoon? Yeah, so the last time I checked, the Cameron Peak fire is actually uh, at 
51% containment, which is down from yesterday's containment of 62. Um, it's currently at 322 square miles. Um, and this was due to a combination of dry weather and um, poor overnight humidity recovery. Um, for the Mullen fire, it's at 72% containment, which is really great um, that they're almost at 100%. Um, they're expected to reach containment by the 30th of this month. All right, thank you so much. Um, do you know what methods first responders are using to suppress the fire? Yeah, so um, hand crews, structure engines, skidgens, which is a water tank on a bulldozer, which is kind of crazy, um, and then type three and six engines. So like the structure engines would be like the big fire engines that you see responding on the street. And then the type three and six are like the smaller truck ones. Um, and then hand crews are just basically the people on foot that are putting out the fires on like trails and stuff. All right, awesome. And then your Collegiate article said that helicopters were able to do water drops despite planes being unable to fly through due to dis visibility. Um, do you know why that is? Yeah, so it was pretty cloudy a couple days ago, making visibility really bad. I was watching like a live stream um, on Horsetooth Mountain and with like the smoke and the clouds, it was just really bad. And I can't even imagine like the poor visibility being able to fly in that. So um, yeah, I have a quote here from Paul D'Americo, which is a the operations section chief for the Rocky Mountain Incident Management Team 1. Um, could I read that? that yeah, okay? sure. Um, so yeah, he was saying that they did really good yesterday and that they were able to fly all day. Um, quote, we used rotor ring helicopters, air tankers, including 747s that look like they should be carrying passengers, but they are these large things that drop up to 10,000 to 50,000 gallons of fire retardant. We ran those from sunup to sundown yesterday, end quote. So um, they were able to do a lot of containment measures um, in the air. So yeah, that's sick. Awesome. And then do you know if there are any new evacuations happening today? Yeah. So according to the Larimer County Emergency Information webpage, um, there's been no evacuation change since Monday. Um, the Highway 34 from Loveland to Estes Park and Highway 36 from Lyons to Estes Park remain open for now. And the evac order has been changed from mandatory to voluntary along Highway 34 from Dam Store to Soulshine Road. All right. Thank you so much. Um, that's all the questions I had about that article and about the information on the fire. Um, again, that's Laura Studley, the news director of the Rocky Mountain Collegian. And are we? And um, we'll be right back. New Belgium Brewing is a proud supporter of Colorado State University and KCSU. Old Aggie Superior Lager is the official craft beer of Colorado State University and is a collaboration alongside CSU and New Belgium Brewing. The result is Old Aggie Superior Lager, a light lager that gives back to the university. Old Aggie is the official craft beer of Colorado State University and brewed by Ram Bands. Enjoy responsibly. I'm having so much fun. Get over here with that pool noodle. Hope you brought your bathing suit. Stop running. Because after the show, we're taking a trip in the hot tubs time machine and playing all the songs of a year from history. Mom, how do I turn on the bubbles? They're already on. Keep it here on 90.5 KCSU. Cannonball! 
And we are back on the Rocky Mountain Review. We just heard from Laura Studley about new fire, wildfire updates. Um, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is National News Highlights for October 20th. According to Bill Chappelle at NPR, a federal court has vacated a law that would have kicked thousands, people, thousands of people off the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, commonly known as SNAP benefits or food stamps. The Trump administration introduced a rule that would mean that able-bodied people without children would be required to work at least 20 hours a week to remain on SNAP benefits for more than three months. Chief Judge Beryl Howell said that the new USDA rule, quote, radically and abruptly alters decades of regulatory practice, end quote, and would have, quote, exponentially, end quote, increased food insecurity and cost states more money. President Donald Trump has signed a bill to create the 988 mental health crisis hotline, according to Redu Chatterjee at NPR. The Federal Trade Commission, also known as the FCC, chose the number 988 for this and has plans to have it available for widespread use by July 2022. The existing suicide prevention hotline, 1-800-273-TALK, is 10 digits and therefore more difficult to remember in times of crisis, but it has seen an uptick in usage in recent years. By creating a three-digit hotline, the hope is to ingrain the number into people's heads the same way that 911 is. According to Pam Fessler at NPR, the Supreme Court has ruled that officials in Pennsylvania have the ability to count absentee ballots received until the Friday after the election, as long as they are postmarked by Election Day. Pennsylvania's Supreme Court had approved of this extension due to potentially limited abilities of the USPS during the election season, and the U.S. Supreme Court had, had a tied vote of 4-4, four to four, meaning the lower court's ruling would remain in place. That's all for national news. I'm Coda Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. We'll be right back. So today I am joined by Dennis Huska, the owner of Huska Automotive, here to talk with us about their What's Up Donor Blood Drive. Thanks for joining me today, Dennis. Sure. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, So first off, I just wanted to ask if you would uh, just give me uh, a give me and our listeners a rundown of the blood drive. Um, Who's it with? Uh, Where is it at? What day it's on? Uh, Just the whole rundown. So it's uh, Friday, October 30th from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Garth England Blood Center, which is not too far from campus, just east down Laurel Street and cut through a park. But it's at, the address is 1025 Panic Place. It's over by the Safeway on LeMay and, and Riverside. So uh, I understand that the this blood drive has been an annual event that you have done with your company. Um, I was wondering if you'd be able to tell me like some of the history behind it, like uh, what, uh, how it got started and stuff like that. We're longtime blood donors, our family is. We've always looked at for a good way to raise awareness for the need for blood donations. And so it seemed like Halloween was a perfect time for vampires to be sucking blood and that type of thing. So we started uh, 19 years ago, we started uh, doing this uh, Halloween blood drive. It's always the Friday before Halloween. 
with the phlebotomist and we encourage all everybody to come dressed in Halloween costumes and and uh, we've got a bunch of great prizes for people to come. Um, so one thing you can do if you come, we have a we trade a pint of your blood for a pint of Cooper Smith's beer. Nice. A, a coupon so everybody can go down to the pub and have a drink, a beer afterwards. Cooper Smith's been supporting us that way for years and years. But then something uh, this year, um, Goodyear Tires is going to give us a set of tires to give away to one of the donors too, and just a drawing. So that value of that set of tires could be up to $1,000. So um, and anybody can come over and get on, uh, donate blood and then you get a chance. It's really, the odds of winning this, everything is, is so in your favor. Because um, there's only gonna be, I think at the most, we've had like 75 people donating blood at that during that period. And um, so one out of 75 chances of winning a set of tires and you're assured to get a, a pint of beer too if you come over. So it's it's always fun. Then we always have fun other things going on too. But it's a, kind of a fun time. People are excited about Halloween and it's a great time to to save somebody's life. So one of the easiest ways you can save somebody else's life right here in our own community. And we always have a different theme for the the Halloween. This time we're kind of doing the Looney Tunes costumes and that type of thing. So that makes it kind of fun too. But anybody can come dressed with whatever. The more of the costumes, the better. And so we'll probably have a few Elmer Fudds there along with Bugs this year. So I understand this year has been a little bit crazy, uh, what with uh, COVID-19. I was wondering if um, you think COVID-19 has like impacted or changed the kind of context or like uh, importance behind the blood drive this year, would you say? Well, you know, there is a real need, a shortage of blood right now. In fact, um, I know that they're putting out a call. I just got a call yesterday that they are needing more blood with COVID and everything else going on. And it takes just uh, longer to donate because they have to disinfect everything, you know, and you can't, with the social distancing and all the other things that we have to do with the COVID, it's just taking longer to get the, the blood. So the blood supply is getting in, in short supply right now. And one of the great things when you donate through UC Health, Garth England, the blood stays right here in our community. It's not shipped off or anything like that. It's used by somebody right here that is in need of it for, you know, all sorts of different reasons. I think they said at one point, 60 some percent of the population will need a blood product at some time in their life. And there's only like two to 5% that donate. So they have to make up for that part. Finally, is there anything else you'd like to uh, add or talk about the event that um, I haven't uh, asked questions about? Um, and are there any uh, websites or social media pages where uh, you'd like to talk about where listeners could maybe find out more? Yeah, they can go right to our 
website, uh, uscaautomotive.com, and there's a link over to the blood, blood drive there. And you can sign up uh, for the drive on the site for what time it's going to work for you. Or if that doesn't work for it, you can just call the shop at 482-0156, and they'll si sign you up also. All right, Dennis, thank you so much for joining to me. I think that's all I have. Hey, thanks for the help. All right, have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye-bye. Again, that was Dennis Huska with Huska Automotive. The What's Up Donor Blood Drive is taking place Friday, October 30th from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Garth Anglin Blood Center. You can also find out more information at huskaautomotive.com. And now uh, we are, we'll be doing COVID-19 updates with Coda Babcock. I'm Coda Babcock, and this is COVID-19 updates for October 20th. Colorado State University currently has 591 cumulative cases of COVID-19 in students, faculty, and staff. Larimer County's risk score has reduced back down to a medium score, and there have been 19 new positive cases in the last 24 hours, compared to the day before with over 40 new cases. There have also been at least there have also been at least 15 cases every day in the past two weeks. Larimer County has a total of nearly 3,500 cases and 54 deaths. 19 COVID-19 patients are currently in the hospital, and hospitalization is at 65%, while ICU usage is at 81%. Statewide, there are over 86,000 cases and over 2,000 deaths due to COVID-19. Over 1 million people have been tested in Colorado. Nationwide, there are more than 8.2 million COVID-19 cases, with an increase of over 64,000 yesterday. Cases are going up by 34% in the past two weeks. There are over 220,000 deaths, with a reported um, 517 new deaths yesterday. Information for today's segment was provided by Colorado State University's COVID site, Larimer County, Colorado P Department of Public Health and Environment, and the New York Times. For access to student-oriented COVID-19 services, you can visit covid.colostate.edu. For access to a symptom checker and other universal resources, you can visit cdc.gov coronavirus. I'm Coda Babcock, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on KCSU Fort Collins. We'll be right back. Unit D42, give recap on game six of No Ball. Error, error, did not attend. Tuning into KCSU FM Sports Show for recap. Beep, boop. KCSU Sports always has and always will bring you sports. Beep, boop. And now for the weather. Today, the sky is partly cloudy with wind speeds reaching up to 9 miles per hour. It's nice and warm with a high of 70 and a low of 35 here in Fort Collins with no chance of rain or snow today. Tomorrow's about the same with a high of 68 and a low of 43, winds reaching about 8 miles per hour, and once again, no chance of precipitation. Thursday will be cooling down pretty drastically to a high of 58 and a low of just 17 degrees with about a 20% chance of precipitation. And for Friday, You'll just have to tune in on Thursday's episode from 4 to 5 p.m. on 90.5. I'm Coda Babcock, and this is the Rocky Mountain Review. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We'd like to thank Thomas Taylor, Asher Korn, Stephanie Keel, Hannah Copeland, Addison Lambert, Griffin Ham, Jonathan Gillum, Ben Kruger, Ben Haney, Dixon Lawson, Peter Walk, Taylor Sandal, and the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. 
We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Coda. And I'd like to thank you, Ivy. And finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. Thank you. And with that, we'll see you next time.